Here's what's coming up on today's show. And understanding that the decisions we make, again, all have effects or consequences. We just need to make sure we can live with those consequences. Let us help you reach your peak in retirement. It's time for your Retirement Elevated. Thanks for being with us today on Your Retirement Elevated, our last episode of 2022. Walter Storholt here with Scott Dugan, co-founder, managing partner at Elevated Retirement Group, based in Kansas City, but serving clients all across the country. We're online at listentoscott.com. And Scott, we've got a fun episode today. It's a mailbag edition of Your Retirement Elevated. We're going to be taking questions from listeners to wrap up the year. This should be pretty fun. And uh, we're going to get to pepper you from a lot of different angles uh, of the financial planning world today. So you all ready for this? I, I am ready. You better be on your toes, my friend. We've got a lot of different uh, topics to cover in one show. I don't know if you can. I don't know if you can handle it. <laughs> I am well caffeinated and ready. All right, perfect, perfect. Uh, by the way, if you ever want to submit a question, perhaps we can feature it on a future show, or if you just want to ask Scott something off air. This isn't radio, though, Scott. What, what, what is it? It's not really off the air. What would be off podcast? That doesn't sound as cool as off the air, but... Uh, I, I think know. we should go with off podcast because I can't think of anything else. All right, we'll set a new standard. <laughs> if you want to ask uh, Scott a question off podcast, off mic, uh, you can do that. Uh, give him a call, 913-393-4724. You can also submit questions through the show website at listentoscott.com. All right, this first one comes to us from Alan. Alan says, I have two rental properties, Scott, and both of them have a mortgage. I have enough money in investments that I could pay off both properties, but I'm getting enough in rent to cover the mortgages. So I do I even need to pay them off? Interesting question. It is an interesting question. And I'm going to almost sound like an attorney because I'm going to say, Alan, it depends. Uh, yes. <laughs> uh, because that's a very detailed discussion and analysis. Because with this, you're correct. You know, If you've got the cash, great. But if you take that cash and pay off those mortgages, we really need to look at, well, what is your interest rate on those mortgages? Uh, how, how long is the term? Uh, so we really need to analyze that first. Uh, you've given me some of the detail. You've got enough rent to cover the mortgages, which is great. And so you've either got, you're either right at or not negative cash flow. It could be taking care of that or maybe some positive cash flow. So I would think really my opinion on this, Alan, would be we need to look at the entire picture of your retirement plan. Uh, because for a lot of our clients that do have rental property, uh, it's about the cash flow that those properties can provide in retirement. That's the important asset. That's the important piece of information we need. And so We'd also need to look at, you know, what are the, the tax benefits of having those properties? So, again, a, a lot of things lead back to planning. And in this case, I think you're in a great position where you've got the possibility to pay it off. Um, you may or may not need to do that. But again, it depends on, you know, do you have an income gap? Do we need to look at optimizing your Social Security? Is there a pension in the mix? Do you need the cash flow from the rental properties when you retire? Uh, so again, these are these are things that we talk about with our clients, respective clients all the time. And so I'd encourage you to reach out, uh, meet with one of our team members, walk through our process. And that way we can determine for sure, does it make sense to continue to pay these off? 
uh, over time, the way the mortgage is scheduled, or take money out of your savings and paying them off today? That's a great question, Alan. I imagine you get a lot of questions like that, Scott, right? People who have rental properties or even if it's just their primary mortgage, right? Wondering, hey, should I pay this off? Should I keep it? Uh, the housing is a big piece of the puzzle, I would, I would think. It is. And I always say, you know, I, I can, because we've got calculators and software that analyze this. I say, you know, I can show you the dollars and cents of paying off your primary residence. But I said, there's also an emotional factor of this. And for some people, the idea of not having a mortgage is emotionally satisfying, even if the numbers say they shouldn't. And so we've got to, I like to use the facts and the logic and the data, uh, but also factor in the emotional impact. And there's times where I've gone through and say, you know what, we probably don't need to pay this off. But the question is, would you feel better if you had it paid off? When the answer is, absolutely. I would love to have this paid off. It would just help me sleep well at night. Well, what do you think decision is going to be? Let's do the thing. Because if it's not a negative impact, uh, we want to move towards things that make life better and for our retirement years. Yeah. I got to tell on my mom, she's that exact situation you just laid out. Uh, that's where she and dad disagree a little bit about retirement. Dad really wants to get, you know, the perfect house for them. They're moving in retirement next year and he wants to be able to get the perfect house. So he's okay extending just a little bit beyond what they can afford in cash. And he's fine with a small mortgage. He's like, nah, no big deal. And you know, the finances, they're okay. They, that, that, they can make that work. But mom's just like, nope, our cash number is what we're going to spend. I don't want to spend a dollar more. I don't want any mortgages in retirement. It just makes me feel better. Like qu- quit talking about it. So <laughs> she's one you would have to factor in that emotional component too because that's exactly. just how she, it's in her brain and she's like i just don't want it i don't want to have to think about it i don't want to worry about it nothing so she's got a good discipline though that's that's yeah. a good thing good exactly. good to offset each other that way i was uh i was pushing back on her more when interest rates were two percent and now i'm not pushing back so hard on her so like, yeah, yeah it's a little different factor here and yeah uh, than when you've got almost seven percent Mortgage rates versus two six five, you know, twelve sure. months ago. Yeah, makes makes a big difference. All right, great question, Alan. Thanks for sending that one into us. Let's uh, switch topics here. We've got one from Ronald. Uh, it's it's going to be a tax question, so it's going to be right up your alley, Scott. Uh, Ronald says, "I have an after tax account with some investments that pay really nice quarterly dividends, but those dividends also create a substantial tax bill each year. Should I invest in something different in that account?" Well, Ronald, another great question. And when we do our discovery meeting and then step into what are called our evaluation meeting, where we thoroughly look at someone's tax return, we routinely discover if there are dividends being paid. Uh, the first question I ask is, do, are you using these for current income? And if the answer is no, and the next question is, well, would you, do you need to use these for future income? And if the answer is no, or maybe, maybe five or 10 years, then in that case, you may want to look at strategies where you can continue to have that cash flow, but to defer those taxes. And so I think, Ronald, that it's probably worth looking at um, some deferral strategies uh, to minimize your tax taxable income, especially if you're trying to do tax planning at the same time. Uh, routinely, we kind of call us the the retirement sweet spot. This fifty nine and a half to age seventy two used to be the golden decade, sixty to seventy. Uh, but now fifty nine and a half to seventy two, that's the time frame where if you're in a tax deferred account or a 
you know, IRA 401k, where you can take money out without a penalty. And you still have to pay tax at 72, you have to start taking money forcibly through a required minimum distribution. And so kind of marrying a couple things together here, Ronald, you probably should explore repositioning some of these dividend paying stocks. And I love dividend paying stocks. Uh, we manage a few portfolios that do that. Uh, but again, if you don't need it right now, there may be better places to put that temporarily uh, that would have a much more positive impact on your tax return. And if we can put more money in your pocket for the long term, that may let you do more of the things you want to do in retirement. Another great question. Thank you, Ronald, for that one as well. So uh, we got Mary here. Mary's got a good question for you, Scott. Again, switching gears a little bit. Mary says, I had kids later in life than most people, so I'm almost 60, and my twin boys will be heading to college in a few months. I really want them to be able to finish college without any huge student loans, but I'm not sure that I can pay for both of them to get through school without hurting myself financially. I'd like to retire eventually. Uh, which thing would I, uh, should I place more priority on, their education or my retirement? I think this one's going to be the easiest question you've ever answered, right, Scott? <laughs> Well, the first thing I would say in my observation here, the question, I'm going to assume that Mary does not have a well thought out written retirement income plan in place or a good financial plan in place because she's asking the question and she's saying, hey, I don't know if this is going to hurt me or help me. So it sounds like you don't have someone that you're working with to help you make these decisions with actual data, with actual facts. And that's what planning is, is saying, if you make this decision and go down this path, where does it lead you? What are the consequences and opportunities that that creates? And so what you're, what I'm really reading into this is I understand you really want to help both of your children out uh, with their, you know, school and, you know, they don't, you don't want to have them go into deep debt to do that. But I, I applaud you for also thinking about your financial future. And so my advice to you would be go through a financial planning process and to look at if you just continue the way you're continuing without funding college, where might you end up in retirement and when could you retire? Once you've had that base plan put together, then start factoring in what if you paid for part of the boys' college? What if you paid for all of it? Because that money leaving your financial plan and flowing into their education are going to have consequences. And more than likely, it's going to be less money for your retirement, like you, you're concerned about. What I would encourage you to do is get those numbers, get real numbers to have in front of you so you can make educated decisions and hopefully decrease some of the stress and worry. Because uh, I, I assume this is causing you some, some angst and potentially some sleepless nights. So I would get some help with this and chart a good course to make sure you're making the right decision. Thank you so much for that question, Mary. I know that can be a tough one to ask. You know, of course, you prioritize your boys more than anything. Um, but, you know, it's kind of like the old uh, airplane analogy, too, that might factor in here. Put your own mask on first uh, before you help those around you, right, Scott? C correct. And I would tell you that, 
in today, you know, I started this business, you know, two decades ago, uh, it was very common for people at that time, you know, in their 60s and 70s saying, hey, you know, we worked hard, we got Social Security, we had a couple pensions, we just want our kids to be better off than we were. And college education was a big thing. Uh, but leaving a legacy, leaving a nest egg was extremely important if you go back 20 years ago. I would say 10 to 12 years ago, that started to shift. And I think really that's about people not having pensions, being in a pension-based society, and people being responsible for figuring out how much money do I need to save in order for me to retire and that paycheck to last for as long as I live. That's a whole different equation. So I would say the vast majority of our clients Say, so, you know what? Hey, we, we gave our kids everything we could. We raised them correctly. Uh, we set them on the right path. Uh, we want to make sure we make solid financial decisions. And the money we've saved, we want to make sure that we're okay in retirement. We want some money set aside so we can help maybe bail our kids out. But we have to understand that there are certain things if we go too far in helping or paying for things that it could jeopardize our retirement in the future. So again, it all comes back to making sound financial decisions that are truly in your best interest and understanding that the decisions we make, again, all have effects or consequences. We just need to make sure we can live with those consequences. All right, we've covered a lot of ground with these questions so far on the show. I've got two more I wanna uh, pepper you with here, Scott. Uh, this next one's from Sherry. And Sherry says, I almost got out of the market before it dropped recently. Now I'm back to where I was before. So should I get out now? <laughs> That's a great question, Sherry. And when people are concerned about timing the market, and what I'm reading into this is that you have investments, but you may not have a good, solid foundational plan put together and no one is guiding you through the process to make sure that you always have a smart place to take money from, no matter what the economic or market conditions are in today's world. And when we retire, there's gonna be choices that you make and where to put your money. And when we talk about smart places to put it, we know that we always need a good emergency fund because that will get us through ups and downs, life's, life's curveballs, and that's usually gonna be in a bank account or a checking savings or money market. And in today's world, fortunately, I know Fidelity just checked the money market rates, we're at almost a 2.7% in a money market. <laughs> so hey, it's very, so it hasn't it been high be. in a long time. <laughs> yeah, well, it's not, it, That's been higher, it's, it's crazy that's that high. Uh, People would have stepped over each other to get that a couple of years ago, right? Oh, they would. Again, we, we want to make sure that we've got enough money for those emergencies and liquid. And for some people, they want things that are more guaranteed or protected. You know, they may need money in things like treasuries, in CDs, in annuities, you know, certain types that are protected. And so some people are going to have money in those instruments. And then there's going to be people that are going to have money in the markets, you know, in stocks or bonds or portfolios. And those are really the three different, what we call the different worlds of investing. And that's, again, bank assets, protected assets through uh, banks, government agencies, or insurance companies, or you're going to have money that's based in the markets, which, again, for simplistic purposes, would be stocks, bonds, index funds, ETFs, things like that. 
And everyone's going to have a different amount in those three different buckets. And if someone is extremely conservative, they may have more money in that cash bucket and the protected bucket, and maybe a little bit in the in that growth market bucket. If they're very market savvy, they may have you know six months worth of expenses in the uh, in the cash bucket, and all the rest of that money is in the growth bucket. Most people are going to be somewhere in between, and they're going to have money in those different buckets depending on their situation and what they want to accomplish. So, I think it's not a the question isn't should I be in or out of the market. The really the question is, do you need a plan that works no matter where the what the markets are doing? And do you have money in different buckets that allows you to make smart decisions to take income from regardless of what the market's doing? So again, all comes back down to proper planning, proper asset allocation, and making sure you've got the right amount of money in the right buckets for you so you can sleep well at night. Love it. Great question, uh, Sherry, and thank you for that answer, Scott. I know that's a, a popular one as well. We were talking about rental properties and mortgages and that kind of thing, big piece of the financial puzzle. Obviously, stocks and timing the market and when to get in, when to get out, all that kind of stuff on a lot of people's minds, no matter what's going on in the world. Um, that question's never going to go away, I don't think. Uh, all right, last big question of 2022, Scott, the, uh, the drum roll here at the end. Uh, this is from Lenny, and Lenny's going to ring out, uh, ring in the new year, ring out the old year, whatever, uh, however you want to phrase that. Uh, Lenny says, I'm embarrassed to ask this question because I know there are a lot of people who have actual problems with money that would love to be as fortunate as I've been. But I'm wondering what you do once you're in your 70s and you realize you have more money than you'll ever be able to spend. I have three kids, and I guess they'll probably just inherit all of it, but in a weird way, I'm almost sad that I didn't enjoy life a little bit more along the way instead of working so hard to save up all this money that I'll just never use myself. Have you worked with people like Lenny before, Scott, and, and what do you do? Well, Lenny, I appreciate you sending the question, and you're not alone. Uh, you know, money is a tool, and we make a lot of decisions about money, how we spend it or don't spend it, and for a lot of us, you know, we work hard. We brought up that way. We saved our money because that money in a way was a safety net and it allowed us to you know, make different decisions. And, you know, you can't go back and you can't change the past would be my one recommendation. What I will tell you that that money that you have as a tool, you're saying, hey, I wish you would have enjoyed life a little bit more. Well, you're in your 70s. I would say start by thinking, what are things that you want to do? Is it things that you want to do in your life or is it things you want to experience with your kids and you didn't put in here, uh, hopefully you have some grandkids. Are there things that you would like to experience with them now that would leave an impact on them? Because most of the time we, we want to be remembered uh, for who we are, who we were, the characteristics we have, the beliefs that we had, the impact that we had on people. That's what we want to be remembered for. And so if you can go out and use that resource, the money you've saved and create memories with your kids and your grandkids, uh, or you can be philanthropic with it, you know, enhance an organization that could really use those finances. I would encourage you to do those things now so that you can use that money and you can experience the impact or the effect it has on other people. I think that's going to be much more satisfying than leaving a giant pot of money at the end. 
And so again, I don't know your dynamics of your family or how that works, but I know from past experiences when our clients, if they've kind of been down this road and said, Hey, we, we realized we've, we've oversaved. I know that's a funny term. We, we're never going to use all this. We're no, we're just going to give it away. Um, you know, kids are going to inherit it. If it's truly important to you to make an impact now, start today. Nobody said you can't. So that would be my encouragement. Figure out what those things are. Almost create a bucket list of experiences that you personally want to have on your own with a significant other, with your kids, grandkids, friends. Start doing those things now. Don't wait. And that's advice I give all my clients. I said, you know, we're all about delayed gratification. That's why our clients have what they have. But we also don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. So it's always needs always needs to be a healthy balance of plan for the future. Make sure you've got contingency plans, but you really need to enjoy life today. And it sounds like in your situation, that's easily doable. And so I encourage you to start today, start making those memories, start making an impact and leave a legacy uh, with your kids and grandkids uh, that you'd be proud of. Yeah, you you can leave that legacy actively, you know, like, you know, enjoying that money doesn't necessarily mean you're going to just blow it all on on your own experiences and yourself, you know, that that, that doesn't really sound like Lenny's personality, right? If he spent all this time saving up. So if you're regretting a little bit that you had a good, you know, you didn't make more use of that money and, and kind of spend it while you were living, well, you're still living, like you said, Scott. But even if you don't want to spend it all on yourself, you can start gifting that money to, to people and to charities and watching it in motion and in action rather than it waiting for you to have to pass before it starts benefiting the world or those around you. So I guess depending on your definition of how you want to have fun with that money or how you want to spend it, boy, you can, you've can you got lots of opportunities still right in front of you. So that's great. And, and, and start it today. Start it today. That's yep, right. Absolutely. Great sentiment to end the year on there, Scott. Start it today, whether it be spending that money that you've worked so hard up to save and uh, and making good use out of it, or if you haven't saved enough money for retirement, well, start today. There's all sorts of great opportunities to do so. And if it's you've saved money but you don't have a great plan in place, well, start today with the planning process. End of the year obviously always brings in kind of a transition in our lives, and so let this be a transition into a better financial future. And if you need help connecting all the dots and making everything happen, don't hesitate to reach out to Scott Dugan and the team at Elevated Retirement Group. You can call 913-393-4724 or go to listentoscott.com, and we'll put the contact info in the description of today's show so you can find it easily. Scott, hope you had a great year. Looking forward to 2023 with you, my friend. And uh, we'll talk to you when we hit January. Looking forward to it. Can't wait. That's Scott Dugan. I'm Walter Storholt. We'll see everybody next time right back here on Your Retirement Elevated. Merry Christmas, happy holidays, and happy new year to all of you listening. We'll talk to you again soon. Investment advisory services offered through Elevated Capital Advisors, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor.